Hit us with that music, Josh. Hey. This is our new little intro. I'm always going to give a shout out to like Rad Discs for this, Rare Air Discs. The, see, that's where you cut it. I don't like that part. No, it's, it's got to fade, bro. It's got to fade. All right, guys. What is up? We have an amazing podcast for us tonight. We got the number one, number two, number three, and number 20. No. <laughs> uh, I'm we got the top three MA1 players of Oregon State um, from last year. We got, of course, Josh Winter here, but... We have Dallas McBoy. We got Sam KJ Oregon <laughs> Benson. We got Josh. It's just getting cold out here, winter. And of course, <laughs> your ORDGC champ, Paige. This is why I do the intros. I'm just pumped. But really, we just wanted to bring some different dynamics here and talk kind of our last season. I think it was huge and being some of the top three competitors. We're going to highlight some favorite tournaments, some favorite, uh, I think, competitions, and just kind of what the season looked like. But before we get there, uh, Dallas, did you want to say anything? Uh, this is probably where I'm supposed to, like, shout out people. You could. You know, I one, probably one should. You okay. could. <laughs> I'd like to thank my math teacher. I, I would <laughs> like to thank yeah, Miss Bridges, uh, Mr. Jacobson. <laughs> uh, no, but infinite discs always uh, i think i'm i'm probably still going to be on the team next year i would okay. assume uh, if that goes through you play and zoe and uh, dustin keegan all of them uh functional discs does really cool dies well, not right there but does really cool dies actually like this one berg that's a cool one which is really cool so he does some cool stuff and a newer one is Disc and Dice, which I think I can say now is my sponsor for this year. Oh, heck yeah. A newer That's sponsor. That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. And last one, my grandma for making me the the first place uh, resistance <laughs> oh. trophy. Oh. <laughs> oh, grandma. Consistency is more important than one tournament, as my pal Ricky once said. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's, it's Ricky versus Paul, and we got I don't even know how far how far down Nate Sexton. I, I think he'd be a good Nate Sexton to our uh, Paul and Ricky dynamic. Yeah, I think that probably sounds <laughs> pretty that's, good. That's that's pretty accurate, right? Yep, yep, yep. Definitely, definitely. But like Calvin Heimberg getting on lead card every Worlds and then <sighs> screwing it up and then the screwing end. it up in the final round. Yeah, that works too. That's the one I was gonna go for until Paige stole my thunder with the Nate Sexton. <laughs> no, but that's how you play though, like. So I remember we'll talk. I'll talk Kitsap Classic. You had no, oh, please don't. We had a one stroke. <laughs> like Sam had a one stroke lead on me. We're we're tied or we're battling for fourth at this point because we had a very rocky start or rocky middle. I had a rocky start, rocky middle for Kitsap Classic. So we kind of pushed out of third, dropped out of second, and we're battling for fourth. And Sam had one stroke on me on the back nine, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, shit. Sam is not gonna give me the stroke at all. It was just like par, 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 but he's doing it like the safe ways. He's not like, oh, I went for birdie and I took a par. He's just like, you know, big, like 400 foot forehand, kind of chip out there. He's just like taking par. I'm just like, I need this one stroke. I got to catch him. I got to catch him. And 
it's just like so that's wherever like embedded because it's our first tournament as well like we actually played together mm-hmm. where you know it's like okay this guy is like very nate sexton like where he's just like which i was completely wrong because after that you ne- i never saw your forehand again and i had to be like <laughs> sam why aren't you throwing your forehand <laughs> we'll, we'll just... get to that we'll get to that when we talk about this last year about specifically what happened at that event and why kind of some things changed after it but uh <laughs> No, thank you for the the intro. Thank you guys for having me on. I just want yeah, to give man. a quick shout out to my sponsor, uh, Prodigy Disc. I've uh, been with them for the last year and a half. We'll be with them for the upcoming year as well. Uh, I don't have the litany of sponsors that Dallas has, but <laughs> I got a mac and cheese M4. Look, I can, I can show that off. Do I got any project stuff here? It's it's their collects dust. Oh, I, I no. do got a project. Hey, if you ever, if, if you ever want someone to take that off your hands, Paige, just let me know. I'm trying to look for any Prodigy discs in. I don't know. Is it a good grown-up M4? Stack I got. <laughs> no. I... Dallas and Sam got some fans. Look at this. I'm here for Dallas and Sam. Dallas, congrats on a stellar year. We've been following you ever since Paige introduced us. Keep on beating Paige for us. <laughs> I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> I hope not. Oh. My only Prodigy disc. Hey, that's a good one to have. If you I don't only to have one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're jumping into uh, Kitsap Classic a little bit. So what happened over there? So Kitsap Classic, that's probably my favorite tournament of the year. Mine honestly. too, mine too. It was uh, <laughs> for a couple different reasons. I mean, going up there, That first of all, I love the course. It's just a killer course. Uh, playing a big tournament like that was also just a blast. It was the first uh, three-day tournament I'd ever played in. It was just a, a great experience. And, you know, we have that great memory of all of us talking before the first round about what the game plan was, the all-Oregon lead card. <laughs> and let, let's just say two of us held up to the promise and, and one person <laughs> just uh, couldn't quite hey, keep up. Hey, I it? held up my promise. It was an all-Oregon card. I didn't that is true. That was on it. It is true. <laughs> That was the that was an interesting tournament for Dallas. I mean, there was he was all over the place, and this you is know, the biggest. I, I can't throw far. I can't throw far. It was his only like go to like retort for everything. You know what? Just... I I can say I'm very happy that that will not be a tournament next year. <laughs> I'm sad. I think <laughs> when I look for tournaments, I prep for that one like really hard from January until that tournament. Once a week, I was going up to play Horseshoe Lake. And I was, and I, so it was like two hour drive. I was making the grind, the commitment, and absolutely loved it. It's still one of my favorite courses. I hate that they're taking it, well, not taking it out, minimizing how much can be played and when it can be played. So that's really disappointing because I always hate losing a course like that because I think Sam mentioned uh, pre, pre-start of our podcast that Oregon, we don't have bomber courses. And so whenever I get a chance to kind of go out there and start throwing bomber courses, I, I feel like I'm playing disc golf for the first time again, where I'm learning so much about my game because now all of a sudden I can start to open up my arm and just really see how it flies. Yeah, it, it is sad. I mean, look, looking back at that course, it's it's great, right? Because it you can play it any way you want to play it, right? You can play like I did, where you play a little bit more in control, throwing more chip shots, playing safer, taking your birdies when you can get them. Or you can play as aggressive as you want. And, you know, sometimes that means you throw it in the water. But it also means sometimes you shoot really hot rounds. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Paige, we really don't have that here. Uh, just no. a 
maybe two or three in the entire state that are that same kind of feel other than you know temp courses every now and again no exactly like i think san diego is probably the closest that we have to that and that was you know a temp course at the beginning of the year i don't think you were there were you sam no, I was on the wait list. I was like okay. number two on the wait list and didn't get in like at the time of the, the tournament. And so yeah. I just went out there and caddied and man, what conditions for that event. Oh, that, that those conditions are brutal, but it was still I think that's I think that's the closest we have to Horseshoe Lake. You take the elevation out of Horseshoe and kinda of flatten it out and I think that's NEM. But Agreed. No, and we don't have to talk too much about it because I think if we dive back to the beginning of the season, like um I I knew of you, but I wasn't like really like I hadn't played with you at that point and then watching you I feel like I feel like our season mirrored a lot of each other this year but we both kind of started off with like that you won a Buxton tournament I won a Buxton tournament mm-hmm. and then like we're battling out but our paths it took like shoots like six months for our paths to really cross I, it feels like even longer I'd remember seeing you at events seeing you on tournament listings seeing you finishing high up you know, in the placements, and then I didn't meet you in person, I feel like, until, like you said, those some of those Buxton tournaments, I won one, then you won one with me trying to chase you down, and from there on, we it felt like we played every other week together, just the stars <laughs> aligned. No, but it was crazy, weird. because, you know, you, you see these people in the standings for six to eight months, and you have no idea, <laughs> you know, anything no. about them. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, I remember I mean, the... I think the first tournament that I can remember playing with Sam was out at Buxton. It was me, Sam, and Joel Pearson on a card. Okay. And that might have been my most favorite tournament round I've ever played to date. It no, was Joe's always so a pleasure fun. to play with. It was very yeah, as long as, as long as Paige is not there, it makes it a good card. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like one of my big barriers with Dallas this year was every time I was lead card, I felt too relaxed with him. Because we would talk shit, we would have fun, and I would forget I was playing disc golf for a second because I'm just hanging out with this kid. And it's just like, but he's like, has that like mental thing. So I feel like Dexter, for example, was like when you won that tournament down at Dexter with Colin pushing you, I think it was a really important one um, because it's also like you struggle. I think you had a slow start to your season and that Dexter win is really what kind of took you off and being down there for that. So like I have metal plates in my leg. And I woke up that day not being able to walk. It happens like once a year where it's like two or three days I can't walk. And then I wake up the next day and I'm perfectly fine. Like nothing happened. And so somehow I showed up to this tournament, make lead card, barely walking. <laughs> and I'm with Dallas. Uh, Colin drove down with me and Colin is like, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you. And to his regard, he he shot like eight down to like bring within one of Dallas. And at that point, me making lead card is already way past my expectations. And so what I ended up doing was just like, you know what? I'm not here to win right now. I'm here to support Dallas. And I think that's the first tournament where I feel like you and I were very like, I was almost like playing as a competitor, but also caddying for you through that tournament where it's just like, you know, I talked him into not looking at the score. I was like making, it goes like the whole 17. He was nervous. He hasn't looked at the score. And I was like, Hey, let's make this a game. If I can outplace this, like whoever gets CTP is gonna get you can get a disc out of my bag. If you get CTP, you can take a disc, any disc. I did and not get CTP. He did not get CTP. <laughs> but the more important part was this hole was playing the hardest on the day. The most important part is that he got par. And because yeah. he got par, that gave him that stroke. Cause I knew like going into that that 
this is like he's nervous. It's in an impossible to birdie location. Colin uh, birdied it. Colin birdied it, yeah. And then uh and then a whole 18. He doesn't even know. I'm stepping back, knows exactly what's happening because I'm watching the score because I'm caddying. I'm recording like a 25 foot that putt putt that everyone misses at Dexter. Um, I don't care who you are, like you step up on that hill slope and he just drains it, doesn't know it's for the win. He does his best, like Dallas McBoy impression of like, what? I won? <laughs> I wasn't even looking at the score. <laughs> and it was just like a big moment because like Colin was making a big push at him and so forth. So I remember Colin coming up to me after that and he was like so he was pretty mad because he said he had a dead center spin out from like 30 feet on hole one. Mm-hmm. And that caused him not being able to go into playoff round or hole. Also, I think that's the term I got my ace in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was. so I got my first tournament ace then with a pure, this one specifically. Uh. Little ace. <laughs> I don't know. So we all three have tournament aces. Sam, do you have a tournament ace? Yeah, so I I tournament aced at, at the tournament at Buxton that I won this year. Oh shoot! Um, what hole? Yeah. Oh, you the forehand hole. Yeah, the forehand yeah, hole. Yeah, hole yeah, 10. yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, first shot of the second round, oh. I had a two-stroke lead, aced hole ten, then had a four-stroke lead, going in, and I never looked back. I think I ended up winning by like six or seven. Oh, nice! That's a good event. win. Yeah, that was my first ever MA1 win, and I, I just walked away with it down the stretch, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe this is a sign that this year I'll, I can finally, like, really start winning events. No, I, I did not. That's not <laughs> what happened. But... Dallas hit and took off in strides, and every time I feel like you peaked, I was peaking just a little bit better. Just a little <laughs> bit better. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but I think a good tournament that really showed the kind of levels – of us was at Wheatland. Oh, Pack West with uh, Mr. Jump Putt on the card. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was a good tournament. That was a terrible tournament. So that was like my that's... first time I ever played Wheatland. <laughs> yeah, you, st- oh, you got third though, didn't you? Something like that. I think I got yeah. second and Jump nah, I got... got first. I got second. I got second. I beat you, Dallas. You got oh, third. Right. Page I got, got fourth. fourth. I got fourth. Yeah, because it oh. was like there was that one stroke where I got off lead guard. Um, on like down two, and I was like kind of chasing you back for that third, fourth finish, mm-hmm. and then you birdied the last hole. I birdied the last hole, but because you birdied, you had that one stroke lead where I was trying to like catch up to you. Yeah, no, I mean that that tournament is a really good microcosm of of my game versus Dallas's game for because that final round, Dallas could not make a putt. Um, no, okay. oh, he was. He was I spit out. Putts. Okay, hold on, wait a minute. Oh, it was a nine. Was it ten? How many spin Dallas, outs was it, no. Dallas? Dallas could not get the disc to stay in the basket. In that so through round. the first nine holes, I had nine birdie putts, and I hit the basket or the pole every single putt, every single one spin up. I think now, I was even par through nine. He now they, they were a little left, but not that far left. <laughs> the, that's the story I wanted to hear. Because all I heard was Dallas was like, it was dead center, perfectly flat. I don't know why it spit out. It was slightly left. That's I have videos of like 10 foot putts spinning straight back at me. Well, you, we all, Dallas, I mean, you also putt a little bit hard. So some of those are your own fault. Hey, well, I will say, no. like, too, like, when we're talking steps forward. I think that was the first time I saw Dallas really take that step forward of not mentally breaking down. 
in regards to like, oh, this isn't this isn't fair, but these are made. So they're like nine putts. Like, like normally by that point, like because I ran into you, I think because I was chase card, we we got up to a hole, like hole five or something, where there's a backup and Dallas wasn't in tears. He was actually like very clearly stating, like, I just don't understand what's happening. Do I need to make the adjustment? I don't think I and I think that's a huge step forward because like I said numerous times, normally one spit out and he's curled up in a ball and can't can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, we have seen the we I mean, we've all seen the the Dallas breakdowns at a couple tournaments this year. But I mean even no. Josh has seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well but the big thing is that Dallas had this just brutal front nine. And then I feel like I played great the whole day. And I look at the end of the day and I beat Dallas on that round by one stroke. And I feel like I played great. And he, you know, like he said, had six, seven, eight spit outs. And I'm just going, wow, I, I think I'm cooked, man. I don't think I can catch him anymore. I think that would, that very much could have been the best round I've ever shot to date. If those stayed in. Some of them weren't dead center, but I think at least half of them were. I don't know. I remember one specifically on this, like, super difficult par three. Or no, it was a very easy par four. It was, like, a two-foot putt that just hit dead center and spit out. It was, like, the third or fourth hole, I think, that we played. That's that's the one that I remember the most. I don't know. the worst. When you're, like, you're trying to get it in, you're trying to focus, and those baskets, usually a prodigy. But those baskets are spit you're just right back out. I also think that tournament was the funniest moment I've ever had in like the third to last hole. I think Sam walked up and walked off the disc of uh <laughs> <laughs> that, I liked that one. We're not, we're not here to talk about him. We're not talking here to talk about that individual. It's still uh, funny though. <laughs> let's queue up like the resistance series, right? We got first second third in this entire this new series um so those that don't know oregon hasn't traditionally had uh ongoing series with points accumulated um for a while actually um i know washington does with their pack x but resistance discs came together with some tournament directors and put together a 10 event series highlighting the courses over oregon um, a lot of I-5 corridor, and I think there's only like maybe one or two that was kind of off of the I-5 corridor, um, which is nor- kind of normal for our golf courses, but we kind of had no idea what this is going to look like or what really this entailed. I just knew because it was a series, I think we all three wanted to win, and I think it was a very reflective at the end kind of how we played. Um, overall, Dallas, of course, taken first. Nobody really cares. Me taking second and Sam taking third. Um, but there was some drama at the end. I think the last two events, Sam was first, as oh, usual. Sam yeah. with the hot, hot, hot round. Um, I was second and Dallas was third. Um, and this McCormick, kind of yeah, was that it was the McCormick tournament that pretty much settled it. Yeah, McCormick pretty yeah. much settled it. Um, I think Sam and myself did our best impression to choke. I think oh, I Sam, absolutely choked. Well, like, well, like Sam, you were first, and then I went over GGC, which like elevated me to tied with you, right? And then mm-hmm. Dallas was there. All I had to do was keep it within two of Dallas, and I win. And I decided to get fourth while he got first, and it was just like a mess. <laughs> well, Sam also shot like 
five over or something that first round yeah so that it was funny because i had been doing the math the the whole season keeping track of exactly where i was and i i knew like halfway through it was going to come down to the three of us and i coming up to ordgc and i'm looking at the two courses we have left right and it's trojan and mccormick and i felt really good about one of those and really bad about the other and the uh, trust me the one i felt good about wasn't trojan yeah and i get into the final tournament i'm teeing off before both of you guys absolutely park the first hole i have a 15 foot birdie putt and i three putt for bogey and i, I was just that. so mentally tilted we all I, you were that. both watching that <laughs> we both watching and i was it. so mentally gone from that point forward i think i shot i think that was one of the worst rounds i shot the entire year i think i, think I ended so. up like yeah. plus six like 870 rated like just the one time i couldn't afford to do that and it just you know sometimes that, that that's a microcosm of my season play great and then at the the critical moment, just don't quite clutch up. Yeah. No, and I think that's one of those, like, we were looking at those two tournaments. I, I remember talking with Dallas and being like, you know what? Trojan, I can win it at. McCormick is definitely a Dallas course. And so Sam has no chance of winning this because I'm going to – and that's that's kind of what we're saying, like, because we're playing a practice right at Blue Lake. So – you were even a factor into it <laughs> at that point. I was expecting to win McCormick, honestly. I was yeah, that's a Dallas course. That. Yeah. That's a, hey, if you can only throw a 300-foot shot controlled every single time, you're going to score, like, happily out there. And that's exactly what Dallas did. He was I like, just only... past 300 feet. <laughs> I think I had only played McCormick twice before that tournament, and I still felt very confident. Actually, uh, I should just start saying easy throwing more. When I'm like 200 feet away from a basket, uh, I don't, I don't even want to talk about how many times Dallas threw in from impossible places <laughs> in practice rounds with him this year. It just, it's sickening. It was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's good at that. But let's talk. I mean, so this is the first of the series. What are you guys' take on the series as a as a whole? More script should be added, or at least trophies. I. I feel like I don't know where all of the pay-ins went and all of that, but I think winning first and MA1 and getting $200 in script with nothing else. Like, how many tournaments was this? Ten series tournaments. Ten. Ten tournaments. There should have been some sort of trophy or something. I definitely agree with you on the trophy spot, um, but my big thing isn't necessarily that we didn't, like, the, the small amount that we got for this series. For me, like the big thing was like the lack of like uh, clarity around what's going on because it's like I feel like the first three events, our first two events, they updated the ratings of like, oh, this is where like people stand, um, and then like six events go by, not a single update, and then the update that I was like, oh, there's only three or two events left. Sam is first. Pages is like, <laughs> how did we get here? Like I wanted to be able to kind of track that along the way, but also like. Halfway through the season, I realized, like, oh, this tournament didn't have script. It was uh, player packs only. Oh, this one, this one. You know, you start to realize, and it's like, well, what's really going on here? And there were so many of those questions around, like, oh, I showed up to this tournament. I don't know what we're playing for. And, like, outside of, like, you know, this tournament being there, like, we don't know what how this impacts resistance. We don't know how this is going to be accumulated. And then not having the trophy at the end. Like, I think they... The fact that they highlighted the top three, there should have been a top three placing to encourage people to be, you know, participating. And I do want to give a shout out to your grandma, 
Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that. I'm pretty sure she's watching right yeah, now. Yeah, you want to flex that trophy again? Who... Yeah, I'll do it again. <laughs> Third time I think I've done it. Yeah, these but... trophies are incredible, and these trophies are what we, we should have been like... getting. Woo. Look at that thing. I think Look so. It's it's excellent, right? And because you're it's... doing this kind of thing, and, and I think you both nailed it on the head with what the key issues were. I think the only other one that I'd highlight is that <laughs> they start this, they announce this series, and they announce that the first event is going to be Santium, and Santium's already full with a 30-person wait list, yeah. and I'm not <laughs> registered, which was a kind of a sour note to start on. But otherwise, yeah, you, you nailed it. It was... It felt like they did a good job, like keeping track of everything for like the first two months, and then it didn't get updated for the next six months, and it left it on, you know, an individual to go and try and track all the stuff by themselves, which should never been. And right, this is the first time, so obviously there's going to be some growing pains, but I mean, it just felt like it got ignored. So if they do it again, hopefully that gets improved for next year. Yeah, and I think that communication aspect is. And granted, I think the people organizing it are making an impact on tour. I know Scott Withers was touring for the first like official year, and Jeff Corns kind of being that manager was right there with them. And I think next year the 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 rumor mill is is that you know they're going to like have somebody that's specifically in charge of this. So hopefully that gets kind of cleared up. But yeah, I think it was kind of just you know difficult to kind of uh, you know bear witness to some of that while competing because I think it would have. Not that my, my outlook would have changed, but had I known, like, because when I started the season, right, Sandy M, I got second. Um, Buxton, I ended up winning. Hornings, I did terrible. But had they did a check-in right there, I might have took that pressure off knowing I had a 30-point lead and I don't need to get first. Let me just try to get top five. So then I, like, wouldn't make the mistake, which I did, which is like, I need to win this. I need to win this. Oh, I bogeyed. Oh, my God, I'm not going to come back. You know, and it became this, like, spiral. Um it would have changed, I think, some of that mindset going into it. Yeah, and and I I, I want to be clear, right, that we've been pretty negative about the the series so far, but on the whole, I I really enjoyed it. I'm glad it exists. I'm oh, I think glad we need it. it. I, I hope it continues, but obviously it needs to improve. But I mean, think about the events that we we had in there. We had some pretty marquee tournaments. Some of the some of my personal favorite courses that we got yeah. to play on. And it was a blast. And I, I think it really did, at least for MA1 at the end of the year, fall out in the correct order of, of individuals. No, I definitely agree. And I think you're absolutely right. I think we definitely need this in our state of Oregon. Um, it's good. Like, I feel like it adds a different layer to what you're already doing. And it adds something to kind of fall back onto and kind of have some saving grace of being like, okay, I might not have won this tournament, but here I am still securing points. And I don't know, for me, like, I think it brought us like, especially the closer, like towards that last, like tail end of the season, I felt like we were practice rounding. And I felt like this is like what I imagine like MPO level people doing the tours or like doing tour and stuff is with, because it's like, yes, we're competing, but we've also through these, this grind of these events built a friendship and like camaraderie. And now all of a sudden we had that practice round at Trojan we tried to get out to more Cormac together. We're having these type of things that go on, and we're starting to see how different we all kind of prepare as the top three and how it kind of starts to correlate, but also how some of that preparation and overall stuff kind of like just complements each other and then how it translates. And I feel like that's better because there was like, I think that middle of the season where I just felt like 
I didn't have anybody that I can like really like lean on like that as you know to take comfort in a in a round. Definitely. So I think yeah, definitely. Yeah, we do. Have, we do have a, a question that came in that we can start going into like this. What this next season is looking like at the time we're at. This next um, season. Yeah, the next season. What tourney are you looking forward to most? Um, I'd like to take this one first. <laughs> um, I am excited to go down to Arizona in February for Lake Havasu Open that I'm playing. Going down there to mostly meet my grandma, but there's a super fun course at Lake Havasu that I'm very excited to play. So that'd be yeah. my number one. I'm awesome. just, my takeaway is like, you haven't met your grandma yet? You're 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 15 years old. <laughs> Come on, Dallas. <laughs> Go there every year. So far, I think only one year. But and, and you haven't met him. That's the crazy year. thing. You go there every year and you haven't met. <laughs> I'm just I'm just using your words. That's all. That's all I heard. <laughs> to meet my grandma. I, is that not the right? <laughs> Sam, what tournament are you looking forward to? Me, my grandma. Okay, my bad. What tournament am I? Am I I'm still, I'm to? still in like ninth grade English. <laughs> still learning. Okay. All right. So, what tournament am I looking forward to? Yeah. I am looking forward to NUI this year. It's going to be an A tier this year. It was one of my favorite tournaments last year. That course is incredible. Oh, uh, what's and what is NUI again? Uh, uh, North Umpqua Invitational. It's at Whistler's Bend uh, in the oh, summer. Oh, never played. So. <laughs> so looking forward to that again. I I wasn't sure if it if I wanted to go this year. I I decided to just kind of jump in and see it, and I'm so glad I did. It's it's one of my favorite courses, honestly. Looking back on the year, I I just had such a great time out there. I think uh, NUI definitely is something that's worth a stop and excited about. I feel like uh, Whistler's Bend has my number. I have not had one good tournament round there. Um, Whistler's Bend just kicks my butt, and I don't know why. But, it's a hard uh, course. It's hard. It's oh, it's, definitely, it's difficult, but I also feel like how my game translates, like Whistler's Bend I feel like I should be good at and I continue to struggle with. Um, maybe it's that mindset, but whatever. Screw. No, I'm looking forward to it. But my, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to the most, I think – was Kitsap Classic, but that kind of being taken away kind of yeah. like stung a little bit. Um, I hate to jump on the Arizona like bandwagon, but I think Memorial. I signed up for MPO down there. Um, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Not only am I going to road trip with one of my buddies and see like stop like at my normal spots like Santa Cruz, play Dela, and make a whole trip out of it, but I'm really curious, and I've said this before about how what pros consider to be an easy Heiser fest of a course. I'm curious to see how my game translate to what they call like maybe easy and really see what that kind of difference is so I can grow. So for me, I'm always that growth mindset of being like, I don't care if it beats me. Um, I just want to see that gap. And as long as that gap exists and I can see that difference, then I feel like I get better that way. So I'm really looking forward to Memorial. Yeah, that's a good pick. Those are both yeah. great courses. When I lived down in Arizona for a while, I played both of them, and I was nowhere near as good as I am now. But looking at what I could do on that course compared to the pros, exactly like you said, it, it really pointed out where I needed to improve and et cetera. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. That's something okay. I'm definitely excited about. What about you, Josh? 
Um, I'm gonna play the uh, the Portland Open this year. You know, I live yeah. you know, down south a bit from you guys. You know, in Eugene, so I don't get to play the Portland courses a lot. And going up and just like watching the Portland Open, I was able to go play Blue Lake for the first time and fell in love. That is such a cool course. Like I've done Milo a couple times, but Blue Lake, something special about that thing. So I'm gonna. I know I'm not gonna like play that course in the tournament, but on my off time, I will. Um, but yeah, the Portland Open, I'm gonna play this year, so I'm really excited about that one. No, awesome. I'm Speaking of the Portland Open, do you think that they're going to keep playing at Blue Lake, or are they just gonna fully go to Glenvere? I think that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think the way it's gonna transition is to Glenvere, and if they're gonna do a second course, I think they might slowly get away from Blue Lake. I think the difficulties that Blue Lake creates for the cameras to film um, is definitely there because there's a lot of holes where there's kind of like, okay, here it is. Try to cut to the camera and catch, and then it's just like, oh, there it is. Um, that never makes for good television. Also, I said this last year, the pros make such easy work of Blue Lake that like it's hard to like justify. Like I can see the game how fast it's a, like uh, like just taken off in regards to like growth and everything like i can see them out outpacing blue lake pretty quick so i think this year they'll probably come back but two to three years like i can see blue lake being completely transitioned for glendavere i mean i wouldn't be surprised if this year they went to two courses at glendavere if you look at the portland open layouts from at glendavere from last year and from 2020 they use almost completely different parts of the property um i think it's very possible that they could end up using both and i think in addition to everything you mentioned just the spectator perspective it's way easier to get a lot of people out at glendavere and capable of watching the pros that they want to see versus blue lake where there's some of those holes where it's just basically impossible to there was a hole 11 you had simon lazat like really pissed off at a fan and it's just like they're that a bounds line is like 10 feet away from the basket or like 15 feet away from the basket and it's like that's not okay um like golf and if that's where this at because it wasn't even just that one hole it was a multiple holes where they're on the fairway like spectating and it's just like that's not okay <laughs> yeah like as a spectator during that um there's a lot of there's a few holes that i saw on on both courses that uh i feel like the fans are too close to that putting green um like there was one where you know i was off to the side but everyone kind of got pushed to the edge and there's a point where like i'm so close to them while they're putting that i feel like i'm breathing on them because how close i am mm-hmm. and i mean as much as i love i love watching them that close but i feel like it's a it's a bit um it needs some change i think fans need to push back just a little bit well i think there up. needs to be like a balance to it all like what was it like i feel like this year i've seen the most people get hit on camera than i ever have before <laughs> Like more like probably one of the most famous ones are like the European Open where that individual slips and it just sends it skyrocketing. But I feel like half of the tournaments, even like Paul McBeth, who's you know arguably the greatest player of all time, I've seen him hit so many fans this year, and it's been like absolutely ridiculous. Like Las Vegas Challenge, like LBC, you see him throw it out, hits a fan, stays in bound. Like that happened to him a lot of the times to where it's just like, when is that outside interference? like costing and saving strokes at this point going to start to be looked at 
Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right, Paige. And and I think to, to go to what you said as well, Josh, is this is just something that's going to take time, right? These are volunteer folks that are being called in to help assist with crowd management. And it's going to take time and more resources and just learning where you can put people and mm -hmm. what is acceptable. And that's it's going to be a growing pain that we have to, to work with. Like I was out there at Glendevere for the final day of the Portland Open this year. It was insane. It was so fun to be a part of that crap. There's definitely parts of it where you could see the players were getting agitated, Paul specifically. And they, they just, they, they didn't know any better. They didn't have enough people out there to control just the huge crowd that they had. And it was awesome to be a part of, but it was also just an experience that I'm sure right away when they were doing their debrief, they said, this needs to change for next year. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot more people um, keeping fans away from places they shouldn't be and a lot more roped off sections where fans aren't allowed to go at all. That's how LBC yeah. was. There was like literally like spectator paths with rope that you couldn't cross and it never crossed with the MPO paths. And so like, I feel like a lot of what I say is like LBC is like trial like runs for things to see how, like how things are going to like develop throughout the year. So I think they're going to start to lean towards that. Um, but who, who, who truly knows, but I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's been an issue and, but it's like, it's that weird dynamic of like, we want spectators to come because that money helps bring it back here and it shows the support, but also we don't want the fans out here. So it's like this weird, like little battle that's just out there that needs to, needs to be figured out. And I feel like courses like blue Lake where, well, we can't stand here where we're supposed to, because it's all blackberry bushes. I think yeah. those are the easy ones to cut out. Cause you look at, um, what was the champions cup, uh, course WR Jackson. Yeah, W.R. Jackson, where they gutted the woods so they can see better, they can have spectators intermingle. That's a course that's heavily wooded, difficult for spectators normally, but they clear out a path so spectators can come back and watch. Uh, Blue Lake's just not one of those courses, being a national like wildlife refuge um, and just blackberry bushes. <laughs> so I can see that kind of being some of the deciding factors. But... Who's the one to talk about PDX Open? We've got Dallas and Sam here. I mean, <laughs> some of my favorite tournaments is like, I, I don't know. I will talk about, I think, when we look at our dynamics, I think that last tournament of our like true season, like the Resistance Discs Open at the golf course, I don't even know what it was. I think it's very sums up our like kind of overall seasons. I think, you know, me, I shot a hot round. I was lead card. And then I pewter or like petered off. Uh, Dallas was just good and good and won. Um, but Sam was like <laughs> slow start, big push, which I think it was a breakthrough, right? It was a big push, but it was like kind of safe and slow, um, to get second and me getting another like fourth or fifth or whatever, probably even lower. I think six, um, or seven, maybe yeah. 10. Oh I think that was the first time I can remember Sam making a big push like that. I think it's the only time. Yeah, so that's that's something that I identified basically after that really bad first round at Columbia Cup. I was like, I wasn't quote unquote out of it because I knew I was capable of shooting a hot round, but mentally I was just telling myself, Oh, you're out of it. There's no way you can shoot like a ten thirty round or something like that. You don't have that in you. And then when I had a couple weeks off, I was like, Why? Why are you telling yourself that? 
and I went into a couple tournaments after that, and I did three tournaments in a row, basically have huge second rounds to either win or almost win when I was starting five, six strokes back, including with Dallas. I gave Dallas everything I had at that round at resistance, yeah. um, but couldn't wasn't quite enough. It was it was a really cool battle though, because I think I was on like fourth card. So we were constantly <laughs> looking at, like, oh, did Dallas birdie? Or, okay, I need to keep birdieing and stuff like Paige that. Paige can say how many putts I had to make in that last round. Huge to... putts, too. Not even, like, easy putts, like, drop-ins. There was just, like, Dallas would walk up and, like, I have to hit this. I have to hit this. This has to go in. And then bang it from, like, 40 feet. And it's just like, okay, cool. I need to, I need to say that. Like, <laughs> And, it, and it wasn't working for me. Like, nothing I could do could get me off that tee to save my life there. It was just absolute misery um but also i have my own excuses for that that tournament but i just think like that dynamic of like you know because even on the cards like hole one we both drive and i'm like you know we're talking shit so me dallas walking up i'm like oh is that me 50 feet in front of you again dallas (laughs) and it's just like you know so he goes there's always upshot and then two people are on, on the lead card with us we don't know who they are um no clue and so like me and dallas are like even closer it's cold um, and so we're kind of leaning on each other with that and Dallas messes up his upshot. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you left it short. Uh-huh. You know, like laughing and then I step up and leave mine super short. <laughs> and then I and make so, my putt and you missed. Yeah. And so like, uh, like we're all like doing this and the other two are like looking at us like, what's going on with these guys? Like, <laughs> you know, it was like, Hey, we played tournaments all year with each other. We're pretty comfortable at this point guys. Sorry, but this is just kind of how we are. And I feel like that kind of like is that uh like i said like i'm just here to caddy every time i'm with dallas it's like i'm just here to caddy because like that whole tournament from there on out i'm trying my best to get into it and i can't get any rhythm going i'm a very rhythmic player um and without getting that rhythm it's just like well i'm still just going to kind of help push dallas no matter what i do because that's where that like i said like yes we're competing but there's also that that camaraderie here that i want to see him succeed um and there was like one whole because I, I did this, it was, I've only done this twice, and it's always been with Dallas. So there's one hole at um, Cascade Locks where I smack the tree sign, or the first, like, the T sign, break the T sign, and my disc just falls forward, and I have to take it, I say par. Um, it was the first hole of the tournament. It was the first hole of the tournament. So this one, we get to, like, hole eight or whatever. I don't know what hole it was, maybe seven. And... I throw, I try to like get greedy and go for it, hit the first sign available, fall flat. I'm like 550 feet away. And then I just like put a zinger on my disc and I'm like 40 foot for a birdie look. And Dallas is like, I hate you, Paige. Somehow you're going to play par after hitting this freaking sign. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's par and it's not like, like a bird, like an easy birdie, which is what I needed. And so I just gonna like Peter or Peter along. It was also one of the more difficult par fours because the OB was like five feet behind yeah. the basket and stuff. And so it really annoyed me that you were the same distance as me from the basket when I had three hundred feet on you off the tee. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And so I mean, I'm good at that, I guess. That's my one saving grace, but I think you still missed the putt though. So oh, I missed the putt for birdie, and I took my par, <laughs> which is dumb. I love how much you guys talk shit to each other. It's all, like, <laughs> it's all friendly. It's all friendly, and like I love friendly. the dynamic. No. Uh, yes, you northerners. 
Uh, it's because I got a I got a little bit of things ahead of Dallas, which is like pretty much just my distance at this point. I have my P3X. Um, I have a P3X. Oh, but the way I throw my P3X is better than the way you throw <laughs> yours, and so I can show that off. I mean, I parked uh, Milo, got us a birdie on that hole. You did. So, you're welcome that, for that. That was a big takeaway. So one of my <laughs> biggest rivals this year, Dallas. We ended up being doubles partner at the end of the year. I know. And we we won in a big way. We beat MPL by ten strokes, and we beat second place MA one by five. <laughs> Damn, good job, guys. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, I've, I was watching you guys play that on on uh, the PDGA uh, website, and I was going, "Wow, they are slaying the course, man." <laughs> yeah, no, that's where like I feel like I love doubles, um, especially there's been like two double tournaments like with Dallas, or not tournaments, but two double things that I I played with them at Blue Lake and Milo, where you can just start to see. If this is the optimal version of what my game should look like, we're doing really well. Because I think we went 15 down at Blue Lake, mm. and we went that 11 down on the west side of Milo, which I feel like is the harder side of Milo. Absolutely. And, and being able to kind of showcase that, it's like, okay, like all I need is a little bit of Dallas's putts and a little bit of his upshots. Because that's really all like I was like leaning on uh, him for. But then it didn't didn't really work out at Buxton. Buxton was a different, different <laughs> we also beat a lot of good teams mpo and i'll also say the worst luck i've ever had in a tournament like that yeah we, we, was I, saw, I saw dallas meltdown last weekend Dude, and the it, was, like, it was so here. cold to see something melt in that coldness was such a, a letdown. So, so sam you know Buxton. so hole seven the like super downhill short one Mm-hmm. It's in the right position. I throw my forehand off the tee. I hit a tree like 20 feet from the basket or something. Skips to like 40. Super difficult putt. The other team steps up, hits first tree available, puts it to 30 feet from the basket, and mm-hmm. they get their putt. And it was like that almost the entire round. It was very annoying. I think that was the hardest thing of being like, for how unlucky we're getting, this other team next to us got like six of the luckiest birdies. Like you will ever see on that course, it was and it's just like we had like what four spit outs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just we don't need to talk about that. I was highlighting something positive, Dallas. <laughs> My putting that first round of Buxton, <laughs> no, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Dallas is trying to talk negative. We had a comment in chat. If Josh wants to pull it up and share it, we talked about yeah, this Josh, earlier. You got one job, Josh. One job, one job, Josh. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Here's a longtime listener. He knows come exactly. On, yeah, you come on here twice. Ooh. Now you like actually fucking own the place. Ooh. Yeah, this, these are my new. These are my 2023 co-hosts down here. Josh and Cody are transitioning. <laughs> yeah, I just I just work here. I just do the yeah, IT. Part. Don't worry, like Josh will be behind the scenes, and you'll get more Sam, Dallas, and Paige. I didn't even know how to turn up the volume on this computer. I don't. I don't think I could do anything. <laughs> Um, which comment uh, what were we talking about, Paige? No, I feel you, Sam gave everything ahead at Dexter at the start of the year. I think we all have these Dallas stories of just being like, I I pushed the gas as hard as I could to try to beat this kid, and this kid decided, you know, he wanted to just go above and beyond. <laughs> I I truly think of everyone I competed with this year, I think Dallas was one of the people that if he got in front of you, he was almost impossible to chase down. Like yeah. it, it, I, 
I love you, Dallas. I love playing with you. You are the most infuriating person to play with. I understand that. Year. I understand it was that. there were there were tournaments where I was getting tilted just watching some of the things you pulled off. No, that's um, where no, you're absolutely right. I think ORGGC is a good like for me. Like when I was like I was looking at the standings, I was like Sam right now hasn't shown that he can have that you know five down round to kind of catch me. He you know like he's not gonna have that mm -hmm. big round. Dallas. He's only five strokes behind me or four strokes behind me. He's shown that he can go off and be eight mm -hmm. down, you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter if it's Trojan, SeaTac, you know, Kitsap, where, oh, not Kitsap, but you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't matter what course he's shown that he can go for a 1030 rated round on any given day. So like going into that final day, tired, exhausted, like I knew I had to go off hot, which is why, like, I mean, I think I started where it's like, I ended up being like birdie, birdie, birdie. And I was like, okay, cool. This is my start. And Dallas was like, you know, slow, slow going, but it's just like with that, that's why I think I fizzled at the end. Cause I was so focused on starting off hot that when I got to the last like two holes, I was just already like, exhausted. Double bogey. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you double bogey the last hole to give me the win. So <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't throw a shot over the Creek because I lost six of my drivers that tournament, <laughs> but I just feel like, yeah, like Dallas they tried always... to give me four discs in the like third round. So I could oh. keep playing. Yeah, that's why I didn't lose. I just like the disc he threw in the water on his final shot was when I gave him. It is just yeah. like that's my that's my eagle moment of like you're not gonna beat me with my discs. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a remote on it, right? I'm just like, Whoop. this is oh. the only driver that I still have from that tournament. <laughs> I guess also the trespass, but that's just because I didn't throw it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of drivers, I I. I ran into someone and picked up uh, a disc for you, Dallas. It's like a super oh. lightweight destroyer. Oh, I thought you were going to say the dino disc. I was excited for a second. <laughs> <It's a dino laughs> I've won one of <laughs> I, I got a dino disc somewhere. You know, Tim Skellinger, he gave me a great idea. I should get sponsored by dino discs and then come out with a limited time heavyweight 150 oh. gram dino disc. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a great idea that is great but with that guys i do want to be mindful of our time we're about out an hour right now already uh, oh my god i know we can talk all <laughs> night so we'll definitely have to have you two back um because this is absolute like this is a blast for me this is kind of what i've been looking forward to for the last couple of weeks sure. um and we need one a little bit more like with cody as well so you guys can meet him and you know, we can all gang up and talk shit on somebody rather than <laughs> have it all kind of pile up on Sam. But, uh, <laughs> so this is where we transition to our closing thoughts. So, Sam, what are some of your closing thoughts? Um, I, I guess the, the biggest thing I just want to say is it was awesome to compete against both you guys this year. It was really nice to generate kind of that you know it, rivalry but also the the friendship with you both and use that to kind of push me forward and i know you you two are already both on to kind of bigger and greater things but i'll i'll, I'll be there not too far in the future i promise well i love to hear that because i feel like one of the things i look forward to like ma1 looking at some of those relationships it's like oh yeah the way you form these are based on who you compete with and competing with you the most is like I definitely was like when I was kind of hearing some of your your plans for next year it was kind of like oh man like I wanted to I wanted to fight for last cash with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have to wait a couple months for that, but I'll, I'll right. be there, not too far <laughs> in the future. But what about you, Dallas? What are some of your closing thoughts? 
Um, this was definitely my favorite year of playing tournaments ever. Uh, going back, like I've only been playing tournaments for really two seasons, honestly. And like last season, my main guys that I was going against was pretty much Joel Pearson. He was like the main guy, my main <laughs> rival. And I like going into another season, maybe going for other antagonists to my story, I guess. Dang, already giving up your old rivals for new ones. No, it's... <laughs> it's like, I need some like, new antagonists. Like, I don't know, maybe Paul, yeah. maybe Rick. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Cannon yeah. beat 17. <laughs> like, I might push that. Like, Maybe get, like, a few more of these up on this wall. The third oh, place well. one? <laughs> I see that third place trophy. But definitely my most favorite season. Super fun playing with you guys, especially. I think us three were definitely the best AMs who played the whole year, not including, like, people who were off and on. Yeah. Kind of like Colin. I think Colin, if he was said to be an AM, he would be a little bit better. Yeah, I think if you look at, like, AMs, like, I think, yes, we're – I feel like the the top three true AMs. I feel like, you know, like a Kenan Vinker, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Like the two or three tournaments that he came and just dominated. <laughs> just and then, dominated, yeah. And then it was like MPO after that. Like, I think that even De Los Santos, I feel like, was kind of pushing that as well. Um, but I feel like for our true amateur, when you're looking at MA1, I think we're definitely reflective of the top three. Um, like, it's yes, you mentioned Colin. Like, he played like three MA1 tournaments, one, two of them or something like that. And, you know, like, I get that, but... Um, that's a whole different take. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with that. Josh, what are some of your uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I just want to let a friendly reminder to everyone who listens that this is the time to reach out to different disc golf manufacturers if you want to get sponsored for this upcoming season. Um, you know, you may think it's hard to do, but just put your name out there. If Paige can get sponsored, so can you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gang. <laughs> Pretty good. But also, uh, if you don't want to put effort into it, just apply for Lone Star, our Prodigy Street team, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll get in. <laughs> Shots fired. No, you're not wrong. I mean. That's just science. That's just Absolutely. science. That's just science. <laughs> so with that, my closing thoughts, I think they've all summed it up perfectly, except for Josh, who's, of course, completely off topic and uh, – <laughs> That that's difficult and that's different, but like for me, yeah, absolute pleasure like competing with you guys and being able to like for me, I'm more looking to like how can we start to practice more next year and continue to elevate our game because I think that's going to be like more important of like how does this rivalry like evolve to continue to grow ourselves because I think we've seen each other at the absolute best and quite frankly absolute worst in some of our competitions and not only being able to kind of still accept each other within all of that. Um, still want to continue to be around each other and support each other. So for me, like, how can we get together? I know you're a little bit difficult being on the West side, Sam, but you know, I need to play Buxton more. I need to play hoardings more anyways, and figuring out how we can start to link up because our cohort is important. I start to look back of like, what was the last year's cohort? What was two years ago cohort mm-hmm. and start to see who was dominating there and how that translates to MPO standings. Now those are really important. And so for me, our cohort now of 2022 is important to kind of like push as far as we can to show that over due time, we're going to stand the test of time in regards to how everybody squares up because all of this is going to mean something when we're all, 
you know, tearing it up at thousand rated. <laughs> so for me, that's kind of my kind of closing thought of like, how can we kind of keep this pushing and grinding and supporting each other as we move forward? So with that, guys, like, follow, subscribe. We're making a big push on our Facebook group. So go like us on Jammers in the Rough on Facebook. We're doing weekly giveaways for 52 weeks. Of course, we have our sponsors as players, but Jammers in the Rough has our sponsors as a podcast. We have the amazing Terminal Velocity. Be on the lookout for them. They're releasing a new mold in 2023. And... It's supposed to be pretty good, so keep an eye on them. Black vinyl discs for all of your dye needs. Ignore what Dallas said at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> because Mike Camp has the dyes and he'll get you taken care of. Rare Air discs, I absolutely love. Thank you for putting together our intro. Um, they have some of the best mystery boxes you can buy secondhand. Uh, go check them out. Dark Ace discs, tuning music into you know disc golf which was a natural fit they're taking off they just released mm-hmm. new jersey with nathan queen uh pineapples and dark ace discs doesn't get better than that and of course mr second place at dexter ch sports himself <laughs> <laughs> he's doing great things he just got sponsored by gateway go give him a like and a share and a follow and go see what his journey is starting to look like and shape up so with that guys thank you so much But keep on jamming into the rough. All right, guys.